Good afternoon, you're welcome along to Local Media This Week, the programme here on SBCR where we talk about uh, what's in the newspapers, mainly the Clare Echo and the Clare Champion. I said we have the usual uh, crew here, John S is, is here, uh, Pat O'Brien is here, and uh, Jim of course has gone and abandoned me again and left me here, but he's left me with a very able replacement, uh, and, and uh, Dr Fleming is also AWOL, so, but uh, Karen McNamara, <laughs> delighted to have the female contingent back, back and represented, and very well represented again, so good afternoon Thank to you. you. Thank you, exactly. and lovely to be here, and I'm, I'm really enjoying the super sub position. Yes, yes I, I said <laughs> Sprung from the bench. <laughs> exactly. Now, listen. Um, we normally start with, um, uh, we'll say, what the main topics in the paper. But there's one topic in the paper that I want to start with, and it, it affects us all here in East Clare, and uh, it's in the Clare Echo, but it relates to um, Fiona McGarry, who is the journalist with the Clare Champion, who is uh, sadly leaving uh, the Clare Champion and uh, will no longer be our East Clare correspondent and uh, is heading full-time for a job in the University of Galway. And I think on behalf of everybody uh, that reads the media, papers in East Clare, uh, all of Clare and further beyond, uh, we would like to extend on behalf of the radio and everybody in the room here, and we'll, we'll get around to you all in a second, the very best of wishes to Fiona, because an absolute lady and an absolutely very, very impressive journalist. Mm-hmm. Is the we say the list of awards that she has won in the article there stands for itself. Uh, I think personally, her work in relation to pirate in County Clare, she should get a medal for it. Indeed, you know, uh, over a sustained period of time. But uh, we wish her the very best, and hopefully, we'll try and get her back for the odd interview here and there. But Carl. Yeah, I mean, Fiona is going to be just a huge loss. She's a great friend of Scarif Bay Radio, and she's always been so, I mean, a very high-quality journalist, and as you say, all those awards speak for themselves. But she was always so very, very approachable, and, uh, you know, she's a, going to be a huge addition to the teaching staff, I mean, the full-time lecturing staff in NUIG, where she's going to bring such massive experience from uh, you know print print uh, media and also through her work and, and Claire Fem and whatever. So I again wish her the very best uh, and uh, as we say, I, I hope we'll we'll all stay in touch with her. She's a great girl. Exactly, John. Look, notice that the Fiona was very tied down to the East Clare. She was our correspondent, wasn't she? she was. And um, and it's a very very commendable uh, article in the Echo, which is rather nice, you know, regarding her, her role. During her time with the champion, she became the first journalist, I didn't realise that, in the country to report on pyrite in County Clare. Absolutely. And as extensive highlighted the matter since her first article on the topic uh, way back in September 2020. She's also served, of course, as um, a lecturer now, she got a rare award in UCG for the quality of her teaching. Wouldn't you love to have her in, in a school as one of your staff men, Carl? Yeah, I mean, she is so... Well, so I said, we, we've been lucky to have her in East Clare. We've been lucky to have her here, you know, on the, on the programme here. She has come in a few occasions. And any time we've met her out and about, she's always been open to talk. And Carol, you yes. most recently uh, yeah. met her. 
uh, at the school the, we'll the say the for Brian the O'Brien Awards. Awards where she gave an absolutely fabulous speech absolutely yeah. fabulous yeah. inspirational inspirational and, 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 and it was inspirational to the two of us uh, yeah. old people I can only imagine what it was like we'll say for, for, for the students yeah Pat you're, you're a fellow employee in the Clare Champion <laughs> 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 I don't know, but, that, but then, uh, yeah, Fiona, I, I know uh, pretty well, and she, anytime we have to, we had uh, articles, and I think to, she, she, she'd be more than helpful to, to get an article on the paper, so uh, any, anything to, to do with, uh, with um, journalism, uh, and um, she'd be lost to the club champion in uh, East Clare. We'll just have a listen, look. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, exactly, as I said, I'm sure we'll drag her out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I said, but anyway, listen, we will start, uh, we'll get on to... The, the both papers uh, have articles in relation to uh, the water in Lahinch, uh, page one of the Clare Echo, Park McMahon, Lahinch water, bacteria sparks huge concerns, and Jessica Quinn has the article on page one of the Champion, Lahinch left dead in the water, swimming ban threatens businesses in Clare's summer tourism capital. Now before we just start in relation to this, because I'm sure we'll all have plenty of thoughts, there was one topic that I had on my mind last week, but I omitted to mention it. And it was an acknowledgement, in, and it was ironically in the green uh, pages uh, on the Echo, it was an acknowledgement that a waste treatment plant may have been responsible for a fish kill in North, yes. in North yes. Clare. Yes. And we said we, f- we omitted to cover that last week. Mm. And I said, I apologise for this. But it sort of leads into, I think, the nub of this art- uh, article. Uh, John, your thoughts? Well, I was going to say to yourself, Luke, I mean, that the both papers uh, have interesting headings. One of them particularly catchy, Lynch left dead in the water. Mm. Now... It means that we have a report of E. coli in the water system around the county. We're not just talking now about one or two spots, but is this the second year in a row where we have been warned off swimming in our lovely beaches? I thought, the funny thing about it, Carl, I thought that the um, uh, early part of the year that we were given the blue flag, were yeah. we? Well, I mean, this is this is a current problem. It doesn't matter whether the, when when the blue flag was awarded, it was awarded based on that water testing quality at that time. Uh, I know I was up in Barna last week. I was swimming in Barna. The EPA were there testing water, and almost all the way down the beaches through Mayo, Ackle. Yeah. Mulrady, the whole way down the Galway coast and into North Clare, they was they was talking about the runoff with the excessive amount of rain of rainfall. Of rainfall. Mm. So that's kind of been a problem. So somebody getting a blue flag one day isn't exactly going to be the issue. You know, I think I think the quote about it's like having your dinner. What, what's the quote there? It's a very good quote. Yeah, the champion. It, it, it's in the second. Uh, yeah. Pa- pa- second the, paragraph. There, often the bathing said. water notice can come in two or three days after the water is bad, and by the time the notice gets out, it's too late. It's yeah. like someone telling you your food was poisoned two days after your dinner. So you you know you have a lot of sick people with no public health uh, warning. So we go back to the basic cause, then, don't we? Yeah. It's coming off the land. I presume. 
What do you think, Lou? I well, don't think so. You don't think it's coming I, off the A certain amount, maybe, but I don't think at all it's passed. Yeah, peripheral comes off the range, and yeah. what happens is, and if you really have to be there, I have a few things to say, if you really have to be there, it looks like the, 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 the water coming off, off the, the, the chutes and all that, which is what you the wastewater that comes off the, yeah. the roof and the chutes. And that's all funneled into the, into the wastewater treatment plant. Yeah. And then, and then when you have very heavy rain, it fills up and it overflows. So I, I can't see why they, they wouldn't um, um, put the, the, the water off the roofs and they come off the, off the, all the roofs and the sheds and the, around the, the towns. And are, are, are you saying the plants aren't large enough to absorb unusual spin off? Yeah. Is that what you're saying? That's what, that's what, that's what it looks like here, what was explained on the, on, the, on, the, on the paper. So we are back to, in fact, uh, seeing some connection between household and surplus water, water into yeah. a system that can't take it. Take it yeah, yeah. Mm. That's yeah. what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I don't think it would be surplus water. I think it's just as a result of probably the large amount of rain, rain this morning, that yeah. has occurred, you know, in, in, in sort of recent <laughs> and weeks. And the problem with that, Luke, is that this happened last year as well. But and yeah, but and yeah. we didn't have the rains. It happens in the summertime because, yeah. and then you have, you have people as well, you have, you, have, you have a lot of tourists as well. So uh, all, we say all the West, all the West, West Clare towns and villages would be all, there are extra people there. and. Mm. You so have, the holiday homes would be more occupied as well, John. Yeah, you know, so what along would you with say? the normal accommodation. Yeah, so. The really fancy week, I mean, what that would yeah. bring in terms of people yeah. into For the, week, the area, Spanish Point and Motor Mobile. Maybe Dublin isn't too much off the, 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 the tack then when you think of um, just what you said. Uh, yeah. Too yeah. many people, we don't, the, the upturn in an enhanced tourism business is a price has to be paid. Mm -hmm. And it does look as if, in fact, we're slow to pay the price. In the Simon and the Hinch, there's two separate systems. Now, the, yeah. the, the new plan is that they bring it all in on in, the one. Integrate the two. In, in, have the, and more. And the two and, and halfway between in, in the Simon and the Hinch yeah. and bring a new system. Is that been, is that? Well, that's, been, yeah, that's part of the, part of the solution, but that could be two years down the road, maybe more. And of course, the effect of, you know, I mean... But it's happened in Kiki as well, Carol, and yeah. it's happened in various places around the way. Like, there's a list of them there, you know, um, uh, here in the... Um, here in, in Porygus, uh, I think you on page four. Over the past four years, there have been ten separate do-not-swim notices issued for the Hinch, Kiki, White Strand, Milton, Lilbe, Spanish Point, and White Strand, and Day. In 2019, 2020, and 2021, Kiki was hit with a swimming lasting a combined... 21 days. Two of these notices were directly attributed to a malfunction at the sewer pumping station caused by a bust in the rising lane. So, like. So they're getting full, as, as he says in the article, um, they're, they're getting full. The, the we call it the retaining system. Yeah. Is spilling over yeah. much quick, quicker yeah. during the wet summer, is that mm -hmm. what you think? And then there's the problems within the EPA. I mean, Roshan Garvey has highlighted that in, in the report in the um, 
in the echo where she's saying, obviously it's a huge health issue. E. coli is yeah. so serious to people who are already vulnerable. Mm -hmm. So pregnant women whose immune systems would be impacted. Also there's a woman who has, had a young woman who got kidney failure who's still in treatment. So E. coli is a very serious thing. But she, you know, she makes the point very well, I think, that you know, when people start losing faith in swimming, which is a healthy thing to do, mm -hmm. you know, that's, that's serious for tourism, it's serious for people's health. But the point that the, that the EPA are so understaffed, only 11 enforcement officers for what should be potentially 65. Absolutely, yeah. You know, so you've got a lot of factors in that, haven't you? you know? yeah. uh, absolutely, and the whole issue with Irish water and funding, I think, sort of a... Who is to blame? Who knows, John? But we've got to, you know, we've got to get to the root solution. Now, the, the root solution of it, John, is that basically there is very little investment going into our infrastructure. Yeah. Right? Why is that? Because of Irish water and the uh, way that the whole system was set up, the protests that took place, and this political meanderings, mm. dilly-dallying, and... Um, mess that they made it a whole situation and that yeah. you have a scenario now where you have a company called Irish Water or whatever it's been rebranded to in recent times Ishka Aaron that they need money to yeah. get yeah. investment and we're not paying water charges mm. and, and I don't think uh, any politician in this country is going to introduce water charges anytime in the next 20 years yeah. so it's a catch 22 they don't have the money to invest all the councils are given out, everybody's given out. And what we're we doing about it, sweet FA. So we have 15 billion of an and over, and we're going to have uh, 15 billion when the budget comes out uh, in, in, of, of uh, the way we want to spend them. Yeah, I'd, I'd be surprised if any of that winds up with water. I'd say health will probably take a big chunk of that, and that'll disappear into a black hole as well, which can, we can talk about that oh, later on. Oh, But uh, um, we'll move on. Okay, and I think uh, we're going to talk about, we're going to, from foul smells to a bit of hot air, and we'll go to energy planning on page 2 on The Champion, and page 19 on The Echo. And this again goes back to uh, not preparing to plan. Uh, and uh, lack of wind energy guidelines, inexcusable ones. Fiona has the article on page 2. And she says, uh, I think Park has it on page 19 there in the echo. Communities are suffering due to the government's failure to update guidelines and wind energy, according to a West Clare member of Clare County Council. The July meeting of the local authority, Councillor Killian Murphy described the current situation as, quote, utterly inexcusable. Councillor Michael Begley accused the government of being negligent and called for it to have the guts to publish new guidelines. Now, John. The processes were in, I'm interested in. What processes? will be used to establish a new set of guidelines which are seriously out of date, isn't that correct? Yeah, but this is a little bit like, you know, do we want to have our cake and eat it? Councillor Murphy says that, uh, a quote, staff in the planning section are suffering, developers are ploughing on without clarity, we're hamstrung by guidelines dating to 2006. Turbine heights were 60 metres, now they're in excess of 170 metres. Do you remember, to, uh, look, the company, that pulled out uh, about a year ago, that pulled out of the um, uh, agreement that was being negotiated. Yeah, that was a Telenor, I think, wasn't it? Yes, yeah, for, yes. That was for off offshore wind, yeah. Absolutely. They, when they were questioned about why they were pulling out, the nuance in the language was because of, in fact, bureaucratic 
operation of the planning system. Yeah, it's lack of it, a lack of government foresight and leadership. And yeah. I said we, we've spoken about it here before. Now, th this is sort of, um, there's a little bit of an irony here, and this is mainly, I think, in relation to onshore wind, right? I, you say, Pat, you were talking to the Mayor of Clare last weekend, Councillor Joe Cooney, in relation to, you know, a large number of wind farms that are proposed, we'll say, for East, the, for East Clare, you know, and the, yeah. the heights in relation to those. So if you're going to say guidelines that initially said 60 metres and now it's 170 metres, yeah. like that's a large difference, you know, whereas we need to be getting more offshore wind. And I think if we get more offshore wind, we can sort of reduce the reliance on sort of having to have the number of wind farms that we have um, on site. Carol, what do you think? I wouldn't be as au fait with this story, I don't think. I mean, what I see is that you've got out of, out of um, initially when you, when you look to uh, create turbines, or build turbines that were 60 metres and now they're 170 metres. Initially, they were in very rural areas. Now there's, they're happening in communities, they're impacting on that. So there's a lot of great unhappiness and probably no more than the story of the asylum seekers or the thing about not engaging with communities, the refugees. You know, this is also being said that there, that there is a feeling that this is just imposed on communities and that they, a lot of the resources have to be used in defending, you know. So there is so many issues around this. Well, planning but, from the but old, old guidelines, those guidelines aren't fit for purpose. Yeah. At the heart of Plan, it, that's Planning possible. has always been a, a contentious mm -hmm. uh, subject, hasn't it? Mm -hmm. um, and to trying to get a social uh, agreement, which is what our local democracy seeks, mm -hmm. do you know, uh, trying to get that, some people would say it's well nigh impossible. There has to be a little benign uh, dictatorship. In other words, the decision makers have to draw on social support, haven't they? Yeah. If they don't get it, then they're out on the street. Yeah, but the, these processes are, are happening to communities, that's the quote. You know, they're happening to communities, not with them. I, I fully accept the need for renewable energies. That was, uh, is that PJ, or Councillor, sorry, Councillor Murphy yeah. said, I fully accept the need for renewable energy, but some communities have enough, and West Clare is now a net expo explorer. Pat? Exporter, sorry. Yeah, it's supposed to look at outdated wind energy guidelines and an abysmal failure of government. Is the hidden there with part of the story? Eh? Lack of wind energy guidelines is being usable in both papers, Fiona. But so, uh, like, uh, why, why can't they issue proper updated guidelines? These guidelines seem to be way, way outdated. And uh, at least there should be some sort of, uh, of, of um, uh, new. Like, we're talking a lot about wind energy for the last two or three years, and it's on the paper every week and all that, and uh, there seem to be no, 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 no proper guidelines for it. Updated ones anyway, and Leo Vladka was down in, in, in um, Almacrusha there last week, and they were bringing in a new, a new plan for, for, for the Fanonist for wind farms and all that. Pat Hayes, our own uh, local, one of our local uh, councillors. Pat, he was critical in this particular article by, by Fiona McGarry. He was critical of the lack of power for local politicians. So yeah. the question now is widening out. Do you know, okay? Um, is it considered to be a better 
way of reaching decisions by increasing the power of the councillors. Councillors, yeah. Mm. What do you think of that? Yeah, I suppose. suppose. What do you think, Luke? I suppose they're, they should have some say in it. They're, 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 the, they're the people on the ground. They're the people that's dealing with everyone around. around, around. But Pat, Pat seems to think they, they don't have enough at all. Yeah, well, they don't, probably don't. They should, maybe they should have more. They're dealing with all the people around, wherever they want those those wind farms are being put up. There's, there's, not, there's not too many wind farms being put up in D4. No. True. <laughs> you know, there's, there's proposals for a lot of them, we say, around the country, and they said, you know, everyone around here is going to have to live with them. There's not, there isn't so many in Dublin in general. No, no. The one in Bridgetown, was that refused plan in Bridgetown? The one near Bridgetown? Yeah, there was one from that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah the, that one was changed out. And is the, the one in Brodike is going ahead? Is well, it, uh, yeah, that, you see, that went straight to Board Planola, the Bridgetown one didn't. And, and again, it goes back to the planning, lack of planning and yeah. uh, proper la lack of legislation. Listen, we'll, we'll move on. Um, he t spoke last week about a doctor in uh, Newmarket. And Pat, there is a bit of an update this week. I think it's at page eight. It's on page, yeah, at page eight of um, the, the, the echo. The echo. Yeah, Paul Eichmann has the story again. The Macklin Fellow GP practice uh, moved delayed until the end of the year. The Macklin Fellow GP practice will continue to operate out of Carlborn until December, the Minister of has said. Over 200 people attended a recent public meeting in the Macklin Fellow on the future of GP services in the village. Following this, a delegation of the Nanakinfergate Community Forum met the Minister for Health, Stephen Donnelly, who confirmed the current arrangement will be extended until December. It has been due to expire in September. Since June 2020, rooms in the daycare centre in Talgorn House have been relocated for the medical practice in Nanakinfergate. Saffron Room Medical Centre received a contract from the HSE to operate this service following the retirement of Dr. Colin Hackett in May 2019. He has been the village GP for 42 years. So it looks like they have extended it until, in, until December, but um, they, they, I think they're, the, the, the community council there are going to be um, chasing up um, um, maybe um, potential um, um, places in the village for the doctor. And it appears here, um, uh, I just read from um, um, Pat McMahon here, he was the councillor from the market. He recalled that, the, that there are 13 applications for the contract following Dr. Hackett's retirement. Councillor McMahon calculated that it would cost around 50,000 to convert a potential premise in the village into a modern GP centre, which would have a reception, two doctor's rooms, two nurses' rooms, modern toilets, a waiting room, and a small kitchen. So, 180,000 is an awful lot of money, John. But tell me, Pat. How do you deal with the shortage of medical people, doctors and nurses? We have a reality, a real thing. According to the councillor McMahon here, there was 13 applicants for the contract following Dr. Peck's retirement. Yeah, I, I, I don't think the issue is, although that is an issue, John, about the shortage, the worldwide shortage of medical personnel. This is, this is really, I think this story is essentially Dr. Colin Hackett, whom I knew well, was 43 years there. When he left, yeah. like this was no big surprise. This man came to the age of retirement. That's four years ago. Like mm. what in the name of God? And moving that, if you know the geography of Carrigorn and where it is in relation to the village, people must be beside themselves. 
with of course fearing like what happens in fecal that they would lose their doctor of course they fear that but even the hardship of actually getting to carry for people who have no transport tell me this it's terrible i have argued fairly frequently on our program that we need compulsory two-year com commitment by medical people um, to, to the state. That's after they have qualified, mm. once they're out of internship. Mm. Two years, mm. because they're getting away with a very, very expensive um, discipline um, for little enough money. And I, I, I feel compulsion is demanded. Mm. This, this issue, it, there, is, there will be people interested in this job. Yeah. That's, That's very little money, yeah. 150,000. Yeah. That's nothing. Nothing. I don't There's think it's nothing, but you know, to prepare a, yeah, a surgery. Like in, 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 the, in, the, in, the, in the HSE uh, budget for the year, like 150,000 is like the efficiency. Yeah. No, essentially, I, I, what are you saying? Are you saying that no, the compulsion factor? Uh, commitment to the state. Are you actually? Oh yeah, I, I, I would. Yeah, I would agree with you with that, John. That there yeah. should be a, a commitment. And to may, as professions uh, begin to slide downwards mm. in terms of numbers, you may have to extend the compulsion factor. Could happen in teaching. Mm. Okay. Oh yeah. So I mean, I'm 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 staying with. I'm waiting for an argument to say no, John. That's uh, unfair. I think, John, your uh, argument has common sense written all over it and it has merit, but it's unlikely to happen. Yeah. We're going to move on. Okay. 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 <laughs> like, there's 800 care holders, so 800 care holders in, in, in the market. So, like, there, there should be, uh, there should be uh, there'll be a place there for two doctors. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the population is there. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think, you know, you, you said, oh, they take the hardest thing is when they should, when they think they should get something out. Yeah. Well, well, sure, the can has been kicked down the road to Christmas, so we'll see what happens. Now, we need to move on. I have a few topics to cover very quickly. And, Carol, uh, I was told by yourself that I had to make mention to a visitor uh, of some renown in the cookery uh, section, and you being uh, oh. uh, very much uh, uh, along the, the chef and chefette uh, uh, passion yourself. Tell us all about it. Well, I would love to have met Gordon Ramsay, who was on his way from Doolan to Nishir. And um, the articles in the, the sorry, the articles article. in the Echo on page two, and I had seen on social media, I think it was yesterday, that he was actually uh, piloting the boat uh, O'Brien's ferries over to Inishir, and uh, obviously to the delight of anybody who was on that boat going over. He's a very, very popular chef. He uses quite a lot of bad language. Uh, but he's, language? Bad language, but, but he is, he's, he's a great character and um, I would be looking forward to the show that he is making over, over in Inishir because I imagine he's going to be showcasing local, it, local um, foods that, and everything. That show he, he just had on television with the other two chefs, uh, yes. you know, the, with, um, what you call your men, from Italy and, and uh, Gino, Gino, Gino and... and yeah. you, so we didn't show us very good, very, very funny. funny. Very, very funny, funny yeah. yeah. And your man from uh, first dates or whatever, you know. But anyway, I'm sure there was great excitement that someone of his of his standing, I mean, of, of his 
of his caliber was, you know, taking in, was on that ferry. People were queuing up and they were on that ferry. <laughs> you know, that would have been a bit of crack. And uh, anyway, he's gone over there and I'm sure that it's very good for uh, fishing, oh, yeah. for all the local products, for, for he'll be doing, you know, crab meat and he'll be doing that. So I'm looking forward to seeing the show and I'm sure showcasing local and Perfect. Perfect, Carol. Thanks for that. And on page four of the champion, slightly linked, Dan Danner has an article that almost 700 people have signed a petition requesting Clare County Council to stop, quote, turning Doolan Pier into a port. So Mr. Ramsey mightn't be able to go out. <laughs> <laughs> he mightn't be doing too much commercial fishing uh, down, the, down the line in future. Um, I, I would say there's uh, people there that uh, have the petition said this will, quote, this will prohibit the right of people to swim, paddle, surf, walk, fish, etc. And will seriously limit enjoyment of the immunity across the entire Doolan Bay. Uh, area now that's sort of in relation to um, there's a master plan for Doolan Pier they put six million into actually building the pier and then you had all the prefabs that were there and of course you had two competing uh, boat uh, businesses which are now one boat business uh, piece broke out and one uh, uh, <laughs> bought, bought out the other so would say this plan is still going ahead and I think they're talking about having the visitor service build, building there as well and I, we, we were talking about uh, wind energy earlier and I know the suggestion could be made that you know ports uh, similar, uh, ports might be the wrong way to put it, but that uh, places similar to Doolan may be used we'll say when we finally do get our ass in gear and get a bit of offshore wind you know for going going out to sites and stuff like that but uh, that's, that's interesting. Um, I saw that swimming pool there. You know, there's, there's a there's a stone um, stone concrete kind of a structure there, and there was there was steps and everything going down to it, which was like you know a tidal pool. Or, a tidal, yes. Yeah, and and a lot of people. You could there's there's a, there's a great picture of the of the of the ladies who swim. It used to be called swimming. Now it's called sea swimming, uh, which is very interesting when people talk about the sea. That came out in COVID. People just used to go swimming. Now they go sea swimming or wild swimming. You know, they've got these fancy names on it. But the, you can see that these are locals probably who, who swim regularly. And they say there's up to 50 people swimming every day there who are locals. That's a, that's going to be, you know, you can see why 700 people have got together yep. inside of them. Yeah. Anyway, time, time will tell. Right, listen, we are very much out of uh, going into extra time at the end of the part one. Fiona Legary has an article on page five. HSE must, must go ahead with dialysis unit. This was, we'll say, um, stress, stress and pressure on Clare's dialysis patients was widely condemned at the July meeting of Clare County Council. Fiona's writing on it here with a call for better facilities in, 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 the, in the country. Pat? Yeah, it's, just, it's, it's, it's very obvious what, you know, it's not rocket science. Uh, we should have one in, in, in the county. Yeah, and you're, you're, you're quoting uh, the Mayor of Clare, Pat. Yeah. The exact quote, he says, we should have this service, he told the meeting, mm. it's not rocket science. Why should we have it, Pat? Well, so like, you have people travelling from Kilkee. Why should they travel out from, from let's say, Kilkee to Limerick? Fair enough. To have dialysis. Yeah. There's, there's over 40 people in County Clare that... that, we, that unfortunately, that the article doesn't give us an indication of how much it would cost to try and to... Uh, put in the unit in Ennis. Yeah. Well, and you have some thoughts on that, I know. Well, I, I don't care about the, uh, what, what it costs. The, the, the fact of the matter is, we spent 94,000, 94 million, 
Now, when I did phone bidding, there's a lot of money on, on, on waste, um, on, on um, the COVID-19 vaccines that went out of date. We spent something like a couple of hundred million on PPS, the, 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 the But there's nobody monitoring the actual uh, the, the, the well, COVID... Uh, obviously, there wasn't to be. I, I don't know. But the HSE came out there a couple of weeks ago and they gave those figures on, on, on their annual report. What would it mean now to, let us say, somebody in East Clare, uh, if, the, if a unit was provided, dialysis unit? That's provided in Ennis. One of my neighbours goes two or three times a week. Yeah. I saw if this morning I saw him being collected by taxi. Presumably it is to Limerick. Yeah. And they say the Dock Road in Limerick. Dock so that's, in Limerick, yeah. that's a, a separate facility is, yeah. from the hospital. Yeah. Now from Scarif, they are kind of equidistant. There wouldn't be a we huge difference no, but from, from this West, part of Clare. Yeah, West Clare. Clare. West yeah. Clare would be if you go down yeah. Kilkee and all that, and they have to go they have to come into Innes and then go to Limerick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And back again. Fair enough. Dialysis, well, the I, only I think thing I, I would caution is dialysis is incredibly complex. complex and I mean, the staff who who can man that personage are, you know, sometimes things are centralised because there becomes some sense of quality, you know, uh, issues that sort of have to be addressed. But yes. I, I don't think there's enough detail in this to tell you the truth about you know, how much it would cost and, and how, you know, what kind no. of plan. Because yeah. The HSE haven't responded anyway. It doesn't look like, do they? No. I don't think so. Well, are, are they going to write to the HSE? To, is it, was, it, was it passed as a motion? Or oh, there was a unanimous agreement on it, Pat. But uh, I'm sure we, we shall see what happens. Now, listen, I have to move on. And there's one. I'm going to refer to page six. I'm, we're not going to talk about it because if we started, we'd be here for the hour. And I would just encourage anyone would say that they've ruled this position uh, to read page six, the new EU law locks Clare farmers and environmentalists in a fight for survival. And there is uh, Michael McNamara on one side and you have uh, Clare Green Party Senator Roisin Garvey on the other side giving two sides of it. Uh, Michael McNamara talk is cheap, government in the EU must fund change. And then uh, Senator Garvey, EU nature laws will benefit small Clare farmers. There's a lot of reading in it. I shall leave that to E to read. Uh, at your leisure and you can have your own raw about it. And our readers. Absolutely. And the one thing I do want to refer to that you both mentioned, John and Pat, to me is page 15, uh, there is reference to helmets uh, for rugby players. Oh yeah, well no. Sorry, helmet might be Just going back to that for a second too. James Pat, no, we're into injury time. Come on, very, very briefly, go on. 900,000 tonnes of beef in this new new agreement between the EEC and Brazil coming into the EEC. 900,000 tonnes of beef been imported under that you know the scheme that that, 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 that agreement yeah I can't I can't I can't I, I can't think of the, the, the agreement the, the world's area you know the one but, uh, that was signed last week by um, Mrs. Patrick Harlow the, the, the head the president or, of Ursula Ursula Mandela and July or whatever yeah. and uh, you see negative consequences there and they don't have to they don't they, they, they don't have to to, to to start cutting out the, 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 the forests over there until 2030. I, sh- I, knew I, seven, I, I knew I shouldn't have even mentioned it. There's seven more years. Talk to me about the people in Shannon, uh, the rugby players. Yeah, I will. The uh, increasing awareness of the dangers of injury playing <coughs> rugby. I mean, it's, I, I feel sorry 
have to mention it, you know, because I'm a sports person. But there's no doubt at all about it. The science is there to show. The figures are there to show. So this company have been inveigled um, or have, have encouraged a rugby club in Clare to actually insist on wearing helmets from the moment you start playing rugby. Now, it's a move in the right direction, whether in fact it is sufficient to guarantee uh, a reduction, a serious reduction in injury or not. That's another question. But anyway, the photograph is there uh, showing the helmet on the young, young, child, a young boy. The boy is only, I think, what age? They're the under 13, under 13s, I think. And yeah, oh, definitely under 13. Yeah. 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 So and of course, you know, I suppose, John, when we think about when hurling helmets came in first of all, God, they they'll never become banter. You know, I mean, there is no, every small child that starts for three and four years of age now playing camogie and hurling, they're so used to it. So this is a no-brainer of, of you know, yeah, but good, good for St. Helens. Is, is, is it scrum, scrum caps that they use? Is it scrum caps? Yeah. The scrum caps. The scrum cap type. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 well, I think I should, I should wear them. I think actually, you know, you see, in one insurance case would be sufficient to get the chain. That was one of the things that, that uh, uh, in hurling was quickly realised, insurance. Yeah. The club becomes responsible, mm -hmm. having been forewarned of the dangers. So we don't want a way to, to have uh, yep. that happen. Okay, right, totally gone over time and I, I knew that fireman debate would spark it. <laughs> Pat, who's live or dead this week? No, Luke, Christian Dignan died recently and Elston um, have put out, and it's out today, I don't know, hopefully you'll be able to get it on, uh, The Fields of Ethan Live by Christian Dignan and Elston. Okay, the fields of Math and Right. Yeah, no, this, is, this is very good. No, I, I listened to it yesterday. I have a try something. Very good, yeah. Okay, very right. Good. We'll be back in a few minutes. We'll see how, how many uh, fields we get through. Low lie the fields of Math and Rye, where once we watched the small free birds fly. dreams and songs to sing it's so lonely round the fields of Athenry right then that was uh, Aslan and the fields of Athenry part two is where we go to our own neck of the woods and just uh, because we're running late we didn't get to a few things page 11 of the Clare champion just has Clare crew answered life-saving call just want to acknowledge five members of the Kilrush lifeboat station recognised for saving three lives. The five men in particular are pictured there. Great work as always done by uh, volunteers who give of their time and to try and ensure that everybody that's out at sea is safe. And there's an, act, an absolutely fabulous picture there of a, a lifeboat go, uh, and, um, going out. There was also, the, sorry, did the Darren Richmond who um, tragically fell off the cliffs in, uh, yeah, in Kilkee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And somebody else was rescued during that, so they yeah. were winched to safety. So. I mean, what goes on? It's just, it's just a phenomenal yeah, level. Yeah, absolutely. And we say uh, you can visit our, our org and there's the annual and walk on the flaggy shore. Pat, would you I see take the, 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 um, the retained firefighters are going on strike again next Windsor. Is that right? They'll turn down the... Turn down the, the offer from the Labour Court. The offer from the Labour Court, yeah. 
Yeah, no, no great surprise there. I think mm. uh, would be would be uh, the the uh, thing. Now we'll we'll come back to um, our own neck of the woods. And John, uh, there is a lady well known to you and uh, to a lot of listeners on the radio. Page two in the living section, tracing the East Clare emigrants on their transatlantic journey. And I think you're looking forward to talking about this. Well, now it's uh, uh, Luke. She is a fascinating uh, scholar. I consider her uh, uh, well worthy of that title. And Jane Holloran Ryan is who we're Jane talking about. Holloran, yeah. And she's heavily involved with the Scarf Festival uh, at the next, uh, when is it, uh, weekend, the holiday Two weekend. Two weeks. Okay. Her line, her, her, she's a professional genealogist, and of course, we're always delighted to meet genealogy because we have a thirst for our, our roots, haven't we? She will trace the immigrant journey from the local villages and townlands to form settlements in places like New Haven in Connecticut, Washington, Detroit, Michigan and San Francisco and California. What we mightn't have been aware of is that East Clare immigrants often sought opportunities in industrial areas because of the location and the availability of jobs. She's chairperson of Clare Roots Society and a doctoral student on the networks of Irish and Irish American communities. And Jane will also provide a visual presentation to illustrate her talk at the Marquee, right, you know where the Waterways Ireland is, right down beside that, the Marquee is there, on both Saturday and Sunday. There'll be one day, now this is where you can start listening in. It will be followed by one-to-one free genealogy sessions, each lasting about 220 minutes. So you can put, you need to book in order to get a place there. And I know that from last year, John, uh, Jane was booked out booked rather out. quickly. So you, if you, so if you want to do it, in, get in quick. They, you get in quickly. And it's a fascinating festival, Luke. Um, the variety of um, of events, testing so many different aspects of uh, our culture. Mm. Okay, so mark it down, mark it down. Activist, uh, activist, uh, academic, and and, polit- and politician Monica McMillan's will read at Scarlet Library on Saturday, August fifth at three p.m. and about her extraordinary life. From growing up with the daughter of a cattle dealer in Delhi to bring to being in a room with the peace talks and becoming signatory of the Good Friday Agreement. So that'll be an interesting one as well, John. And how about the free hourly water bus tours of the Scarif River yeah. and Loch Derg? Mm. Luke, did you ever actually come up the Scarif River as far as Tungreni? No, John, that's a silly question. Uh, not, no, no, because I... Yes, many a time. Yeah, well, it's, it's, it's I, a I, I, I'm going from uh, Tungreni Harbour 1 to Tungreni Harbour 2, John. Two. Yeah. Well, I would say that the, the majority of our citizenry have not experienced the journey. Or the I would encourage them to do it. And I was down in... Uh, and Redden, they're free this week. I was, the late, sorry. I, I, I was down in Redden's Quay last night, and just, the flow... In the river there at the moment, yeah. and Carol, you probably yeah, yeah, are, are strong. Are, are, are very, very strong. Yeah, it's very strong. strong. Sorry, I, I so, cut you. Um, 
Oh, I just had an absolute senior moment there now because I can't remember what I was going to say. <laughs> Sorry about that. It'll, it'll, it'll come back to you. What, 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 what I'll come back to you on, uh, on page three of The Living on the uh, Champion, Clare Collective explores the strength of motherhood in new exhibition. And of course, this is also part of the, um, the festival schedule, the festival programme. And it's a, it, this, this looks fabulous. It's the... Clare Artists Mother Collective, who were founded in 2022 by Mary Fahey, Bonnie Boyle and Bella Watson. And Bonnie Boyle is, of course, very local and we know her very well. And um, they have been funded, I think, with some help from Creative Ireland. And a lot of visual artists coming together. They're all mothers who work in various... Um, genre isn't the word, what is it, materials, you know, ceramics and uh, in painting and, and, so, um, and in fine art printmaking and they've come together to have an exhibition and the exhibition is actually going to be hosted at the old schoolhouse in Scarif as part of the Scarif Harbour Festival. Now, some of the listeners will remember going to school there, and uh, some of them might be just very interested, not just in the arts, but also in going back there to, uh, I'm, I'm sure that uh, I, I would understand Bonnie and PJ Mac have provided a space there, so that's going to yes. be fascinating. And that's, that's on? Uh, sorry, it's on, on it's, it's launching on Friday um, at uh, the 4th of August, and the show, sorry, will open on Saturday to Tuesday from 11 a.m. to 4. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be very, very interesting because it's all, it's 10 artists who've come together. And we look forward to that. Can I also, uh, you've mentioned Monica McWilliams. And there's also, just another thing, the story of the great forest of St. Uh, Octi. Yeah. yeah, will be told by Andrew St. Ledger mm -hmm. on the Native Woodland Specialist, PRO of the Woodland League. And, um, and he begins with the story of St. Cronin's Church. Mm -hmm. the oldest church still in use, and the tale of the Octave Forest at the time of the Brian Baru and about the time that Brian Baru was here. So it's just something for everyone at this mm -hmm. festival. It's, it's phenomenal. It is phenomenal. When you actually, when you think about uh, uh, the Loch Derg and the, the rivers up into the hinterlands of Loch um, do you think they, the Irish were quite civilised in the way they treated each other at the Viking era? Do you ever wonder about that? That sounds like something I would have been asked in my leave and that, that's I would have had that, that's absolutely... A, that's a history question. That's a history, that's a history question. Yeah. Sorry, I remember what I was trying to say there earlier about the river. Yeah, you, asked about, yeah. you asked about the river, the journey up the Scarif River, you know, yeah. and Gay Byrne, who uh, visited here, was down in the dock and we met him and everything, he said that was one, the late Gay Byrne said it was one of his most favourite journeys the, was the from the, the, yeah I'm yeah in from the lake and up the scarf river so i just think well, but will you add to it then the actual uh oak boat the prehistoric oak dugout that's stuck in the mud at the edge of loch bridget out the fecal road never you never you never heard of it we look we have to organize a trip out to that when the water levels come down sufficiently to reveal it. Yeah, okay. say with global warming, we might be waiting a while, John. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll count me in anyway. We'll come back to that. <laughs> Pat, um, on page 13, uh, the East Clare notes, um, 105 complete the Sheila Corish hike. Um, that's a, 
uh, a, a oh, yeah, the, the, the toxic clay hike the, and the critical calculus broke, yeah. Um, the weather conditions <coughs> in advance of the running of the yes, annual top TK hike and the Frederick Clark Hill looked very poor earlier last week. However, as they've been took place, wind had subsided and miraculously very little rain outside the first hour of the eight hour wind. 105 brave hikers completed from the off at the two mile gate Kilo. A good pace was held, was held up to the summit of Mylissa, but in the pace slowed down in effort to avoid some very watery and muddy patches across the cleave there on the mountains. So they headed down into Broadford and they had a, a stop, a stop uh, in Broadford for some refreshments and then they headed back up and up um, by um, up over Broadford and um, Hollistown, up, uh, up over Hollistown Hill and across, across the hills and back down to to the yeah, a great number of people that did because yeah. that's not an easy hike, like no, you know, you might, John, you might not just need one stick, you might need two. <laughs> and, I think, and I think if we were all doing it, we'd need two sticks. But I see photographs, I see some photographs, and people had two sticks, and there was more people with one, and there were some people had no stick. And speaking of photographs, um, but all the money was going to right to um, cancer research, yeah, uh, local, uh, for, for, the, the, for the late uh, Chile, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Speaking of photographs, Pat, an event you were at last weekend uh, in Craigenow. Uh, there's plenty of pictures there all over the, all over the champion with some very nice ones if there's any ones in particular you want yeah. to talk about but tell us about your thoughts on the day and uh, who you encountered Can you order those yeah well there was a there was a fine there was a fine uh, a fine fine crowd up in Craigenown so uh, page 22 there's a, a lot on, a on the full page there of photographs and um, there was a, you wouldn't get a place to park on the outside uh, I, I was I was going around a bit to try and fit my car in when I arrived it was about three o'clock in the day when I arrived you'd be happy to hear that John Right. Yes. Full of uh, the traffic was was traffic blocked and uh, there was a fine crowd there. Um, they had various craft people. They had music and dancing and craft people. And um, we met some people that we met back in um, in the Cliffs of Moher, yeah. there as well. The, the soap uh, people from Killaloo and uh, and that lady from Quinn. She's the actress. Yep. And were Wicks and Wax there as well. Wicks and Wax were there. Yeah, perfect. So Mike Glenn, who is a a um, a, a in Burnaki, he was there, so he 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 he, he gave us a few old stories, a few funny stories. So to be honest, he didn't like a Grogan, no, Michael Glynn. Oh, he's he's a Shanaki in Burnaki, and I know him well. His parents, his people were from the Minnesota. His dad was from the Minnesota. Yeah, there always has to be a connection. And I worked with him before down in, in, in Shannon, but anyway, he he he. he he gave us a couple of all yams and we recorded it all. So I found it next week. Per perfect, yeah, yeah. Which is marvelous to see, it's a to be proud of. Yep. Uh, and and hope, hopefully, we're very happy with it and yeah, uh, very busy. Yes, and I said I'll be the first to admit I've been critical of the council in the past, but uh, if this is. The, the beginning of the future with regards to Craig and Owen, Nepo, and after them taking them over from Shannon mm -hmm. Heritage, mm -hmm. I will be posting have, positive comments. They have, to add to what you said, they have done so much in Craig and Owen in a short period in contrast to years yeah, of yeah, yeah, neglect. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, listen, we can only hope for the future. And uh, uh, I said with, with the new tourism man that's responsible for East Clare, hopefully we'll get a few more tours over each other. Now, listen, I, I'm going to refer back to page one of the champion, but we're going to have a general discussion. Councillors blame tree huggers for stopping road grass cutting. I think poor Fiona must have been all over the county at every council meeting <laughs> in the last few weeks because it, it actually, it, it's about... Um, the July meeting of the local authority councillor PJ Ryan said the government should be asked for extra funds for grass verge trimming and the uh, Killaloo municipal district meeting uh, uh, took place on Wednesday and it was a topic with heated debate in relation right? to it. Yes, and uh, uh, there was a, I would say maybe a tacit acknowledgement from the council that maybe they hadn't cut enough verges that they should have. Uh, cut uh, to date and I suppose a dry June pass uh, with lots of rain in the last few weeks has yeah. led to rapid growth. Yeah, it has a now a way of looking at the grass inches. And like I know what's down Craig and a few weeks ago, the road isn't great. But what are, what are your thoughts in general? You know, no more may sort of have turned into no more at all. Well, I'd say the, 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 the councillors uh, here are probably talking about the ditches, the ditches yeah. coming out. Yeah. And um, uh, well, to see. The new regulation now is that you can't cut them until the 21st of, of August. Yeah, but there, there can be health and safety concerns oh, they can, in yeah, relation yeah, to yeah, junctions. Yeah, and, and the council just cuts around um, junctions and yeah. maybe dead towns and things like that. Yeah. Carol? Can I just say that I, I just find that language quite offensive, actually. Councillors blame tree huggers. I just find that fairly offensive in this day and age. You know, there are people who care about the environment. That's a very... It's an inflammatory... I, I, I'm just not happy with that comment. Mm. Well, I understand it's, a, it's, the a, it's issue. a good headline, yeah. Yeah, I understand the issue, but it's a quote from... You know, it's obviously, it's obviously a quote from... Uh, yeah. I, I don't... See, you, you, you have to... You have to safety, safety of the roads. Yeah, you do, but that's not helpful in a debate. Oh, I know that. People yeah, yeah, I don't think so. But uh, a lot of farmers now, like, you know, I'd say an awful lot of farmers over on our area, and I look at the end myself when I cut the hedge after, yeah, after, yeah. after the 31st of August, yeah. and cut on deck every year. Yeah. And an awful lot of farmers are on cut on deck, and, uh, because the council won't do it anymore. Oh, absolutely. The council, the council yeah. probably... Our own Pat Burke, uh, no, and he's, he's eye on the ball on most things. He says, in, the, in that article by Fiona, during a lengthy debate, Pat Burke said he knew of one particular road which is currently a jungle oh, with yeah. ferns. And a load of environmentalists are living on the road. <laughs> and no senior engineer will send a cutter up there, he said. They're backing off for a quiet life. <laughs> yeah. What do you make of that? I yeah. didn't say that, no. No, I, I, mean, I, 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 I just don't think that. it's... I don't think it's helpful. It may be, you know, these are facts, that there's two sides to this. But I think, uh, and I definitely think, you know, hedges have to be cut, but it has to be done within whatever... There's one, there's, there's one hedge, there's one trimming, Luke, uh, permitted under the legislation. One uh, trimming. Technically, no, but I, I think the hedges aren't... Hedges, I think, generally won't be touched. It's grass verges. It's I think verges. grass verges are, are dangerous. the big issue. And like, I, I would point to you, John, if you've travelled from uh, Tungrani to Killaloo, yeah. in the last week or two and look at our the, the path that was built yeah. at great expense and there's parts of it where you can barely see it yeah, and I disagree I think that should yeah. be cut yeah, I saw three hedge cutters commercial hedge cutting today 
Mm. Well, I think that, I might, that, that, that might have been maybe and as a, resu- as a result of the councillor's meeting I'm uh, yeah, on Wednesday. It may well. yeah. We have been coming from Gorge every day for, for weeks, yeah. from Galway, yeah. and it's, it's really deadly, the roads. You know, the verges yeah. are pure yeah. deadly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. there's no doubt about yeah. that. You know? And Absolutely. culverts then, you know, yeah. dikes. Yeah. If you go down. Mm. Uh, now, uh, I'm going to finish and I, I won't pass too much comment on it, but pa- page 13, Tungrani speeding, now a major public concern. Uh, oh, yes. And I'd only say that uh, I don't think it's going to get any uh, better because when the works are finished in Killaloo, uh, the roundabout of East Clare, which is what we sometimes uh, refer to as uh, the lovely village of Tungrani as, uh, is only going to get busier because there's going to be a lot more traffic on it. When Holy Island, uh, the interpretive centre gets yeah. up and running, there's going to be a lot more traffic and on it. what about the road up above the church, the, ca- the uh, Catholic church? The road at the school both, there. Both, both roads. But, both but roads. That's not the, mentioned in... in, in no, in no well, 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 when the councillors were talking about it, they were talking Did about they, both, both routes. Absolutely, both routes, yeah. 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 Well, it's, 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 I mean, I don't exaggerate when I say 40 miles an hour minimum would be the normal speed down past my house. Yeah. And uh, I don't uh, exaggerate. Yeah, no. that's the normal yeah. speed. Yeah, yeah, and, and you're in the zone. Well, like, would say I think a lot of the issue in relation to uh, to Ingrani is you're coming down Raheen Hill, yeah. and it's no. It has been previously mentioned that we'll say at the Steiner School they have been campaigning for a long time uh, up the top end of Raheen for speed restrictions there, and it may be that sort of you know in the near future that uh, there will be uh, maybe a fifty kilometer from. We say the top of Raheen, maybe all the way down into the village. But it needs, I think what it needs is, the solution to speeding is you narrow the road. It's traffic calming yeah. as well. So what happened at the end of the Dock Road at, at the, at the Scarif um, Yeah, the ramp centre. that was put in, yeah. That's made, a, that's made a big difference to the yeah. end of the Dock Road. It's made it much safer there. Yes, yeah, because who cars have to slow down. Look, who determines uh, where uh, traffic cameras or whatever you like to call them, uh, Will be employed. Well, the, engineer, the engineers, would say. yeah, the engineers with the council. The engineer, yeah, yeah they do. Uh, they do. Uh, and uh, they don't take their advice from any other group. I wouldn't think so. No. Well, then they'll take. Well, that's where the uh, county count, count councillors then. They take submissions. Have to, yeah, yeah. Uh, I know that they had indicated previously that there would be a, a speed surveys done actually in the vicinity of the school, John, because per con- concerns had been raised mm. previously in Drewsborough yeah. uh, with regards to uh, the secondary school, we we'll say, which is in Tungrani as well, John. I'll just put that thing back, back in there again. But, uh, ju- ju- you know, just, just so you just don't forget. Just so you don't forget. Of the parish, Exactly. So. But, uh, listen, uh, it's an issue that's going to be raised for a long time to come. And I think the... When the works in Killaloo are finished and with the bridge, I think there is going to be a lot of additional traffic coming from Killaloo, coming off the motorway, heading for Ennis, bypassing yeah. Limerick in general. Mm. How it used to be years ago, you yeah. know? Yeah. I think it's that, that's just going to start yeah. off again. Listen, we've gone way over time, so Pat, uh, I, when you're getting ready to tell me who we're going to finish up with, Carol, thank you so much for coming in. A 10-second version. Your husband was receiving treatment, we'll say, and featured on uh, an advertorial on the page, front page of the Echo a few weeks ago. How is he getting on? The update is he very much benefited from that hyperbaric oxygen treatment. And 
Lots of people from Clare went after being on the Clare Echo. So, win-win. Well, big up to the Echo. I said, I said advertising works front page. Janice, thank you very much for your You're time. Welcome. Pat O'Brien, thank you very much for your time. Pat, thank you. Who are we going to finish with? Uh, the Galway Arts Festival is on this couple of weeks. Ago, and uh, the Sarge Actors have two concerts there. And they're sold out in, in June and Galway. So, they go for the end 17 with the Sarge Actors. Fair, fair enough. All right. Take care, Pat. And for everybody here with the local media, Carol, Janice, Pat and myself, we'll talk to you soon.